in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. The Aces lost to the Dallas Wings 82-80 to yesterday. Dallas uh, is under 500. They are in the playoffs. They would be the sixth seed because there's only five good teams this year. But they are under 500. The Aces trailed basically the entire game. And Asia Wilson missed an open layup in the final three seconds that could have tied the game. Becky Hammond had schemed up a pretty good play that got Wilson open under the rim. And she just left it short and missed a layup. And the Aces ended up losing by two points. Is this the first time they've lost to a quote-unquote below-average team? Um, I think they've done it once before, right? Okay, because um, I saw a stat yesterday that they had pretty much lost. Uh, or they the, the only games they had lost were to, like, top four seeds. Yeah, I mean, I maybe they've had one, but it is pretty much all their losses this year have been to there's five good teams. There's, right, there's five good WNBA teams, and that's pretty much the only time the Aces actually lose games uh this season they've done a good job of taking care of the bad teams they lost to the atlanta dream that was the one uh not too long ago where the atlanta dream beat them up uh but they're they've been pretty good against the bad teams and their losses have come against the good team so we have i believe it is four games left in the season for the las vegas aces um they are currently tied for the two seed so they could fall back to the three seed that only really impacts home court for the second round, uh, who would get it? So I interesting to see where they end up, what seed they end up getting. But I think there's enough concerns there that the Aces might not actually be the team to win the WNBA title this year. I'm watching it back. Um, I didn't see it live, boy. She did. She did oh. drop a nice play. I mean, oh, yeah. you can't get you can't get any better shot than that to try to tie a game. Oh yeah, I, you're under four seconds on the clock. To get a layup, bounding, and they get a layup for their best player. And she she just left it short. I mean, I that's that, I guess that happens sometimes. But you would you would take from a coaching standpoint. Oh my goodness! Every time that play, every time, and yes, one hundred percent of the time, you're like, oh yes, I would. And it just didn't work out for her. the real problem is that they were losing to the Wings for basically the entire game. Mm-hmm. They had to pull off a fourth quarter comeback just to have that opportunity. That's the bigger issue, not so much that Asia Wilson missed that layup. I mean. And it's within a couple days, or it's within the same like time period as Mark Davis gets like called out for eating wings, and he loses to the wings. Oh, uh, you know I can't tell you that. That wasn't very good. Don't give him an O. That was oh. bad. Yeah, the Premier that. League starts today. Arsenal and Crystal Palace play at noon. I'm excited. Soccer season is back. Oh, you guys are the Daddy worst. Daddy had a breakaway. You guys are the worst. <laughs> You're the worst. USA Network at noon. Find out what I'll be furious about. Arsenal losing. Wait, I can just turn off somewhere. his mic. <laughs> yeah, you can just turn off my mic. All right. Kyler Murray is calling plays to backup quarterbacks during practice. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, when asked about it, said, I just wanted him to know that, hey, this bleep ain't easy. Every now and then, he starts shaking his head when I'm calling it in there, and I'm like, all right, go ahead, big dog. 
Are they treating him like a teenager, making him get a job and pay his own bills? That's what happened. I don't think they ever stopped treating him like that. I mean, they (laughs) they took the clause out of the contract only because it got such weird reviews, but I don't think they've ever stopped thinking about that. What a great quote, huh, by (laughs) Clinsbury? Leap isn't easy. Go ahead, big dog. Just in, if this, in a vacuum, I think this quote would be sort of like a funny, hey, the coach and the quarterback are sort of, you know, Talking crap to each other, other. talking smack to each other, yeah. But because Kyler Murray was unhappy all the way back in like February and March, deleted the Cardinals from his Instagram, wanted a new contract, finally got one, and then that clause comes out about how he doesn't watch film, so the Cardinals are contractually obligating him to watch film. That's the context in which we view this quote, and it just makes Kyler Murray look terrible. Like, he's he's getting plays from Cliff Kingsbury and doesn't like him, and Kingsbury's like, bleep you. Can you do better? <laughs> no, you can't. I thought he had – didn't he have COVID? He did have COVID. Maybe that – is that why Has he's it been five days in? already? Uh, probably. I, I hope so. Maybe if he's close. out of practice calling up calling plays. Well, maybe he's just like they've got a little uh, bubble thing. Maybe he's on he's Zoom or something. In. Yeah, calling call in the plays on Zoom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He keeps he keeps FaceTiming Cliff when yeah, he calls exactly. the plays. And just like I didn't like that one. What's that on in the background? Oh, a video game. I uh, what was the question again? I'm sorry, I just got the <laughs> Matt Stafford has an abnormal elbow yeah, injury. Is... Uh, Sean McVay described it as abnormal for a quarterback, so I guess it's something that's more uh, frequent for other people. Uh, Stafford did not throw in the spring during the Rams workouts. He did throw in seven on seven drills this week, but not in full team reps. Um, at what he had a shoulder, he or elbow, excuse me, had an elbow injury that he played through last year. How I guess how concerned should we be that Stafford's I mean, not actually going to play or be at full strength for the entire anytime you season? read abnormal, right? It can't be good. Um, I thought he said he might be able to play if they had a game today. I thought he said, yeah. could he do it? Yes. Um, yeah. Wouldn't be 100%. So I think this is, if you're the Rams, you're a, he's 34 years old. Um, yeah, I think you're somewhat concerned. Anytime, you, Like I said, anytime you see the word abnormal and it's a quarterback and it has to do with throwing, it can't be good. Right. And we're, I mean, again, a little more than a month away from the season, right? But this whole uh, your quarterback's not throwing in team drills yet does come off as a little bit, concerning too like you're running out of time for matt stafford to be fine and how much is this going to heal if it hasn't healed pretty much the entire offseason i mean he didn't throw in the spring because of it yeah and now it's august and you're still kind of limiting him i i wonder if there's some legitimate problems that are going to cost the rams a chance at the playoffs maybe i mean if they don't have stafford i mean if stafford they lose him and he doesn't play sure but even if he just like kind of sucks, like if he's got an elbow injury and he's like eighty percent of what Matthew Stafford is, they probably miss the playoffs. I mean, they're not they're not in the toughest division, but they're not yeah, in the Cardinals easy and division. Niners. Yeah, I mean, and they're, well, they're can... in the same division as Drew Locke, so <laughs> well, I mean... it's two wins, two free wins on the schedule. But like, it's not hard to envision the 49ers winning the division, the Cardinals winning the division if Matthew Stafford's not a hundred percent Matthew Stafford. At some point. A Seattle radio station will have to like go. At what point do we consider that it's Geno Smith time? <laughs> I think they've already done that. Like, I, like I, that's I, how bad your situation is. I I don't know if they're from 
real people, but I've seen tweets about, oh, Geno Smith should be the quarterback of this team. Next question. That's very sad. Alvin Kamara's court hearing was delayed 60 days, uh, so that's after the start of the season. And I'm curious what happens here because you have Alvin Kamara, who was accused of beating up a guy in Las Vegas with a bunch of other people. Um, that happened during Pro Bowl weekend. He actually still played in the Pro Bowl despite this having happened. And the outside context of this is that you have the Deshaun Watson situation ongoing where he initially got a six-game suspension. Obviously, that's likely to turn into much more. But I'm curious to see what happens with Alvin Kamara because you could have anywhere from he gets hit with like a six-game suspension or because the court hearing got pushed back because the NFL hasn't done anything yet. Is there a chance Kamara doesn't get suspended this season? Well, now hold on. There's violence involved here. So it's got <laughs> to be more than Sue Robinson. Gotta be more than six, if Sue Robinson's hearing the case, it's going to be more than six games this year. Um, I think he's, given the fight and given the, the tape in terms of what it was, I think there's a good chance they suspend him before the season starts. Yeah, I'm just, I guess if you're the NFL, do you know this? Have they been, do they have like an ongoing investigation into Alvin Kamara right now? I don't know that, but I think at some point they've investigated it. Yeah, and so at I'm some curious point, I don't know because, if it's ongoing. Right, because we're a month away from the season. He was supposed to have this court hearing, which maybe would have given the NFL a little bit more of sort of a pathway because, hey, here's where the legal process is going. But no court hearing until after the season starts. I just, I don't know exactly what the NFL plan, would plan to do in that situation. I would guess they still try to suspend him before the season starts because normally they will do suspensions regardless of the actual legal outcome here. But I don't know. It's just weird that we haven't actually heard much and we're a month away. And it's it's not like anything new has happened. This isn't a, an evolving situation. It happened. We know what happened. And the NFL, I guess, is I don't know what they're waiting for, but they're waiting for something. Yeah, I, I, this is the second time it's been delayed. I always, I always wonder about how these things get delayed all the time. The second time that the Kamara and the other defendants, uh, it also includes uh, Chiefs cornerback Chris Lammons, requested the postponement. Second time the judge has allowed it. Uh, can I tell you my selfish and not the right way we should approach these things view to this? I would like to know, so I would can know if I should draft Alvin Kamara in fantasy football. Or yes. Not. Well, you're like, yeah, except that's the selfish attitude you should have. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, like, I, look, you're like, not alone on that. Is he getting two games? Because I'll draft him kind of high if yeah, he is. You're he not getting a, six? You're not, okay, I'm not going to draft him. You're not alone on that, believe me. There's thousands of people right now on, on, on drafts wondering where to take him. Great question. Thank you. Also on the Saints, their first-round pick, Trevor Penning. Oh, I got, love this. Got kicked out of practice. Um, apparently, he got into, like, fights or maybe just, like, hey, shoving people around. Uh, in three straight practices, and their head coach, Dennis Allen, eventually kicked him out and the defensive player he got into a little fight with the third time it happened. Like, your first-round pick's getting in fights three straight days? What's what's going on there? If he wasn't a first-round pick, he could be in trouble. Yeah. Like, okay. He says he have likes you, to finish have, plays. I saw this quote. He likes to finish plays. Finish. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays through Tough the whistle. Have, have there been any, like, fights or anything at Raiders practice? A couple shoves. I haven't seen any fights, though. A yeah, couple shoves like, when the when the pads were on, which you know is is normal when they get their pads on for the first time, especially, uh, but not not like this, nothing nothing like this where guys are getting kicked out of practice for right. like fighting people. And the description was like whatever happened on the third day caused a bunch of players to run in from the sideline to break it up. So like 
this isn't just oh they gave each other a couple of shoves on the shoulder pads after a play like they were probably trying to punch each other through oh, their yeah. helmets like football players tend to do like i just i'm blown away that it's ha- it happened at three straight practices like what's this guy doing or maybe what's the defense doing to this guy one of the two they uh they kicked him out of practice and then uh dennis allen's in the uh locker room high-fiving him that's what you want kid that's why we drafted <laughs> you you finish plays you play through the whistle good lord that's a great great question Paige Beckers has a torn ACL and will miss the 2022-2023 season. Uh, She is UConn's best player. Uh, She will be eligible. I did double-check this. She actually will be eligible for the WNBA draft next year. So the 2023 one, she is eligible. But she's going to be coming off a season in which she does not play college basketball because of this torn ACL. So I wonder if she decides, well, I'll still go pro, or if she comes back and plays one more season at UConn before turning pro to sort of, hey, get a season under herself and prove how good she is coming back from an ACL tear. You know, she's had two knee injuries now to the same knee. Yeah. If the ACL comes back strong, I just go to the WNBA. I, right. I, don't, I don't play another college year. I mean, she's had two injuries now, and she'll be the number one pick. So Yeah, I, I, I think I'm, a lot of it will depend on what WNBA teams are telling her. Like, if they're saying, oh, yeah, don't worry about it, well, you're still going to be taken number one or whatever overall, then you go. If there's, like, some hesitancy, if she's like, oh, the top three picks are all like, eh, we don't know, then maybe you come back. But I would assume that WNBA teams would say, yeah, no, no, we're fine. Yeah, we think that's going to work out. And, by the way, one other thing on this that I learned watching a Mets broadcast, apparently women basketball players are more likely to tear their ACLs than men Yeah, you told me that yesterday. That was... yeah. I heard interesting the Mets, to say the least. The Mets color analyst, like they, I don't know why, but they brought up Paige Beckers, and they were like, "Yeah, women's players are more likely to tear it than men's." And I was like, "What the hell is he talking about?" And I Google it, and there's like a Yale medicine study. It's like, <laughs> yeah, they're three or four times more likely, and it's like, okay, I guess the Mets play-by-play crew is reading Yale medicine on women's basketball. No, uh, no reasons given. Ah, uh, no, they didn't quite have an yeah, didn't have an understanding as to why, but it's apparently more common and i was learned that watching a mets baseball game which is not where i expected to learn that all right coming up next <laughs> we'll jump into the nfl because surely more teams are going to get punished for tampering right with tendonitis in that in his right arm is that accurate you know i i don't know what you would really call it gear i just know the elbow issue and uh you know i'm not a doctor but i stayed out of holiday Inn express last night <laughs> You're listening to the Press Box Summer Edition. So yesterday we spent a lot of time talking about the Miami Dolphins and tanking and how the NFL effectively found evidence of tanking but didn't punish them. However, they did punish them for tampering. Uh, Basically, they tampered with Sean Payton and Tom Brady Got docked a first and a third round pick. Owner suspended for six weeks or uh, what is it, two months. And uh, he was fined as well, $1.5 million. So here's my question. Is the NFL about to punish a lot more teams for tampering? I'm going to say no on that. I'm going to say no, they're not. Um, the- and well, it, it, it's an individual basis, right? It's an individual basis in terms of what the team supposedly does. So, every pretty much every offseason, we have some sort of complaints or some sort of, hey, you know, they're tampering, right? The Packers actually complained to the NFL 
that they thought other teams were tampering with Aaron Rodgers, right? The um, Broncos were accused of tampering with Russell Wilson. I think it's fair to say, how the hell did the Tampa Bay Bucks land Tom Brady if the Dolphins were tampering for years with him? Right. Like, how did he end up in Tampa? Were they also tampering? I think all of that's like a fair question. And so if you're going to punish the Dolphins, and that's the other part, punish them severely. Like a first and a third round pick is a severe punishment. Like that's not something you normally hand out. Normally when teams get punished, it's like, oh, we're taking a fifth or a sixth round pick from you. This was a first round yep. pick plus the third. And so like if I'm the Dolphins and a single team, like if they, if they, if somebody on like another team's coaching staff likes Tua's Instagram post, I'm turning them in for tampering because I'm like, hold up now. Why did we get in so much trouble for tampering here? So, like, it's an interesting thing because we know tampering happens. Like, we're fully aware that teams are, you know, breaking the rules, making contact with players ahead of time. Like, free agent deals get signed within minutes of free agency officially being opened and all that. They get reported beforehand sometimes. So, like, there, if you're going to punish the Dolphins for this and claim that it's all tampering problems. Well, if that's much, why wouldn't they have done it before? Right. That's that's the part. Like, okay, maybe that's the part of the story that I don't know the information on. What led to them investigating the Dolphins? Well, the the Flores comments. Well, no, no. What led to them investigating for tampering? Oh, I, I, that I don't know. Right. That, I don't know the don't answer know. to that either. May, like, I know back in the offseason, Mike Florio, he had a report on, hey, the Dolphins wanted Tom Brady to come out of retirement and be a part owner like he was reporting that early this offseason now i don't believe he was reporting they had tampered with tom brady before that but i know that report was out there but like the packers complained about tampering i don't think the nfl even like investigated that i'm just with like aaron Rodgers, right i just don't know where this started like why were they even looking at the dolphins and maybe it does come from the flores stuff maybe they were investigating Flores, uh, his claims of tanking, and they found this stuff about tampering. Right. But in that case, I uh, they probably would have just hit it if that was all <laughs> it was. So I I don't know. Like it's just weird to me that we just we know tamp tampering exists, and there's this one off situation where the Dolphins get punished and get punished heavily. Like if they had just slapped him with a sixth round pick, you'd have been like, oh, okay, they just did that to punish them to say, hey, tampering is bad, don't do it. But a first, a third, suspend the owner, and a million, uh, one point five million dollar fine. That's a significant punishment. Adam Hill was being facetious last night. I don't understand why people don't understand he's uh, usually like that. Oh. When he said, uh, uh-oh, Derek Carr and Devontae Adams talking about, you know, buying each other's car if you come, that's tampering. And people just went off. What are you talking about? They're players. Do people <laughs> realize he's the most sarcastic person in the world? Oh, I don't, I don't the, think they realize that. The misunderstood oh, Adam Hill. No, oh. <laughs> That's who he is. He's misunderstood, that kid. It should actually be uh, an investigation for salary cap circumvention. <laughs> you have other players willing to buy you a car if you play for their team. That's sa that's salary yeah. cap circumvention. That's like, listen, we got the the NBA's investigating the 76ers for potentially circumventing the salary cap with the whole James Harden opting out, signing for 16 million less and the whole potential potential of a former Sixers owner who owns Fanatics giving James Harden some sort of deal with Fanatics to be like, yeah, we'll make up for that sixteen right. million. That's salary cap circumvention. I think it's great and I love I think more teams should do it. Like if your favorite team's not trying to do that, they're struggling. 
But uh, yeah, so that, that should be salary. I cap think Carr should finally buy him the the car. No pun intended. <laughs> he, he hasn't bought him the car yet. No, he said he said last really? night. He goes, I've got a few in the garage that he might want, and and Devontae said it's not no. the same. He goes, but beggars can't yeah. be choosers. No, well, I don't think Devontae's beggar. begging. What are you anyway. talking about? I don't think yeah, he's well, okay, hold on, hold on. You're telling me Derek Carr made this promise to buy him a car. Devontae Adams signs with the Raiders, and not only has he still not gotten this car, Derek Carr's offering up a used car from yeah. his garage. He offered up at least one two from his garage. Come on, you've got to you you got to be at whenever they get back. I assume they're back. You got to be at whatever nice dealership Devontae Adams wants to go to, and you got to be buying him a car today, not not waiting around, not going to your house in the garage. Where's the car? He he's admitted it to on get television. Today? Unbelievable. Come on, Derek. He doesn't he can't hold his promises. Oh, that's the worst. And then they let Hunter Renfro pay for the Uber. <laughs> the two guys I, who make the most on the team. I, I feel like that may have been and maybe they went more into it and I missed it, but I feel like that may have been Hunter Renfro being like, I got a coupon, guys. <laughs> he probably did. He had a he had a ten percent off email and he's like, I got this. Don't worry about it. But I just, man, come on, Derek. Buy him the car already. What are we doing? Just screwing around. All right. One other story off the Tom Brady tampering stuff here. Um, Sports Illustrated, their uh, website pointed this out. So do you remember Tom Brady once said when he was leaving New England, uh, one of the teams, they weren't interested at the very end. And I was thinking, you're sticking with that mother bleeper. And there was a lot of speculation as to who that mother bleeper was at one point. It could have been Derek Carr. Cause, uh, well, Davis I mean, Brady did see the picture on the front of the paper and said, hey, these right. guys want me. But at the end, the Raiders say, no, we're going to stick with our guy. Right. And Derek Carr, remember, got asked about it. And he gave a quote like, oh, no, I've confirmed it wasn't me. Like Derek Carr was like, believe me, it wasn't me. Apparently, if we believe all this tampering stuff, if that's where this came from, that maybe it's Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Miami Dolphins. That was the team and that was the quarterback. I mean, it makes more sense than Derek Carr. <laughs> yeah. The one, the one issue I have with it potentially being the Dolphins is that they tampered with him in nineteen, and then they tampered with him two more times. So they were clearly interested in Tom Brady. Yeah, they yeah, offered I mean, him a part of the team. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know because t- Tom Brady's quote was one of the teams they weren't interested at the very end. I think the Dolphins were still they well, were interested past the end because they I'm, were still tampering. Maybe you remember this because the Raiders were involved. What other teams were reported to be involved with him or at least have a huge interest in that? We said yesterday it could have been a lot of teams because there's only about four or five quarterbacks, as you said yesterday, who you who the team wouldn't be interested in because of who they already have. So it could have been any number of teams that said, oh, Tom Brady, and then in the end, for whatever the- reason, they weren't interested. The primary speculation was the 49ers yeah, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Because, because the, the 49ers were reported to be interested, and obviously Garoppolo was in New England, and all the reports slash rumors of Belichick wanting to go with Garoppolo, but Robert Kraft overruling him. So the, the main suspect the entire time was Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers. As the mother bleeper. Right. Now, I don't know if that's true, because obviously the 49ers are now... <laughs> moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo, but they weren't three years ago or whenever this happened. So that was the main team and the main quarterback that people thought this was about. All right. I mean, that, that makes sense. But so did Fitzpatrick in a way of who Ryan Fitzpatrick was, what was, but like you said, 
if they kept going back at them, it couldn't have been the Dolphins because they never lost interest. They never lost interest right. to the point in the last time they offered him a part of the team. I think the first time right. they just wanted him to be the quarterback. I think it still probably was the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo. At the end of the day, that makes the most sense. All right, coming up next, Q joins the show. He's still stuck in Ohio. Back to the Press Box Summer Edition. Q Myers still in Ohio. Raider Nation Radio sent to Canton, Ohio for the Hall of Fame game. Thanks to Subaru of Las Vegas. Some Hall of Fame festivities going on after the game. But Q, can you give us your biggest overreaction to the first preseason game of the year? <laughs> that uh, Josh Jacobs is on the trade block because he actually uh, <laughs> played in preseason game number one. And Zamir White's going to be a rookie of the year, and he's going to go for 1,200 yards. How about Man. that one? That's what ones. we like to hear. Yeah. Yes. That's good. That's so, good ones. In all seriousness, how meaningful is it that Josh Jacobs did play two series of that game? I think it was pretty meaningful, and I think that the, the explanation that head coach Josh McDaniels gave after the game made all the sense in the world, and Ed knows we've been out of training camp every single day. There's only certain things you can do during practice, and getting that those game reps where you're getting hit, where someone's trying to take you down and take you out and trying to – Strip that ball from you is is important, you know, to be able to get that kind of experience. And I know it's preseason game number one, so it's like, wait a minute, that's your starting running back. But I mean, the fifth year option was declined, so we all know that he's, uh, you know, he's proven to everyone what he can do, and not just everyone on the Raiders, but everyone in the league, uh, you know, just because he's playing for a contract. So I think getting those reps was good. I think it was nice to see Josh with a little bit of burst, a little extra burst. He seemed super fast so far in training camp, and he showed that again last night. So. Uh, I think it was pretty meaningful that a lot of these guys, all the running backs, were able to get some burn last night. And uh, it's just part of the team trying to get everything put together. I had a soft overreaction that Brandon Parker may never play football again. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. But... <laughs> I'll tell you, if he, has, if he has to do it from the left side, I yeah, think you're right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I mean, Colton Miller doesn't play, so obviously if he's in there, I don't think all that stuff happens. But did Brandon Parker's performance last night, was it worse for him or better for Alex Leatherwood? Um, I mean, it was it, it's funny because it was better for Alex Leatherwood, but at the same time, I think it, it sent a huge red flag to uh, the Raiders organization, Dave Ziegler, the GM, and you know Champ Kelly, and even Josh McDaniels. I think they realized if, heaven forbid, something happens to Colton Miller, what's the option? What is your answer behind him? You don't have one, right? I mean, the right tackle position has already been a, a, a big uh, question mark, and, and maybe Alex Leatherwood's going to hold that down. Maybe he's going to continue to improve or whatever, but if Colton Miller, for any reason, is not out there. The Raiders are in trouble on the left side because Brandon Parker cannot do it. I mean, he just can't. Again, like you said, Colton Miller probably won't miss any time, but that's, you know, 18 weeks that you're expecting to cross your fingers and hope nothing bad happens to your left tackle. Do they add somebody before the season starts? We're getting, you know, a month before uh, game one, but, like, is somebody going to be added as a free agent or maybe gets cut by another team? Do you think they bring in somebody else to play on the offensive line? Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I think I definitely believe that they still are. Uh, it's a work in progress, and uh, I think that you'll continue to see throughout the course of the preseason them work on that offensive line. Like, it was no surprise to me that everyone but Colton Miller played on that offensive line last night. Like, it was no surprise at all. But, again, uh, knowing that they have a huge hole at that left tackle spot, if anything were to happen to Colton Miller, I think that they have to go out there and get some insurance. I mean, you know what they say, right? It's better to have it and not need it than need it and don't have it, right? So they, they definitely need some insurance along that offensive line. And then on top of that, you got to hope that Alex Leatherwood continues to, to improve because he, to me, and Ed can correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like he's been so far inconsistent in training camp and 
He had moments when he was pretty decent last night, and then he had moments where it's like, yep, Alex Leatherwood just got whooped. You know, so I don't know if I don't know if that's what you want to go into the the season with is a bunch of well, if he can be consistent, then we have something, and if he can stay healthy, then we have something. I think that's I think that's what the the Raiders have to be asking themselves right now. Uh, Zamir White in college was not known as a pass catcher, but with the screens they're <laughs> running. Uh, yeah. And the way he ran last night, you talk about Jacobs, uh, whether he's on the trade block or not. I tell you what, Zamir White was pretty impressive, and he was a pretty impressive off the screens as well. Yeah, he really was. Now there was one one uh, pass attempt that uh, it looked like he was fighting the ball. You can see why he's not a guy that's very comfortable catching the ball. But that screen game and Ed, I mean, we don't talk about what we see in practice a lot, right? But there was no I surprise to that. me last night that we saw a lot of screen <laughs> games, right? Because <laughs> we've seen a lot of practice. And we've seen them work on that screen game. So that's something that I think the Raiders are really going to thrive with for probably the first four or five weeks of the season. And then teams are going to say, okay, you're not going to beat us with that. And then it'll go away for about, I don't know, seven or eight weeks. And then maybe pop back up at week 15. And everyone says, oh, yeah, that's right. They're pretty good at that. So, um, yeah, I think all these running backs are getting very comfortable in the screen game. And you can see how effective it could be when executed correctly. And you know what? That helps Alex Leatherwood. Get him out in front. Let him use his athleticism. You know, go out there and start running and start, you know, getting a head full of steam and knock the people over. That's when he's most effective is when he's that lead blocker and he's out there. I saw a lot of that last night. The Jags didn't play their starters on offense. No Trevor Lawrence out there. But the defense was about as dominant as they could have been. Uh, did you do yeah. anything you take away from that, or do you kind of say, eh, it's it's the backups for the Jags? <laughs> no, I mean, look, I mean, I, I think that uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, their defense, they had some, uh, you know, they had some moments out there where where they showed where the Raiders were weak. You know, I think uh, Trevon Walker, the number one overall pick, showed why he was the number one overall pick, even though I questioned it when they picked him. Uh, he showed a little something uh, last night, so I think that they're pretty good there. And, other areas with the Jaguars defense is just, you know, again, other areas of the Jaguars defense and preseason game number one and not trying to get guys killed out there uh, early in the seasons or in the preseason. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, 50-50. I don't, I don't look at that 27 points that the Raiders put up. And say, oh, man, that's what this team is going to do every week. It's just you guys kind of take it with a grain of salt. What did you think on the other side uh, for the Raiders? A um, little vanilla there by the Jags uh, a lot of the time uh, without Lawrence. Yeah. Uh, but – Still, I mean, they held them to 59 yards rushing, and they had 159 themselves. I mean, given who didn't play, were you pretty uh, excited about the Raiders' D? Yeah, I thought it was it was a good step. You know, again, and I and I tried to temper my expectations because I realized it's a preseason game. I tell Raider Nation all the time. I remember when Art Shell came over or came back to the Raiders, right? It took it took over as the head coach, and I think they went three and one in the preseason. And I was like, man, this team is going to be really thinking good. And I think they won two games all season. So, you know, I, I learned real fast not to not to take too much from preseason. But uh, what I did like is something that we talked about yesterday is Nate Hosby on the outside as the corner. Um, he just looks the part, guys. I mean, he looks like he really fits that role. And uh, I don't know if he's going to shadow uh, uh, the best wide receiver, like I mentioned on yesterday's show, or if he's just going to play on the outside and hold down one side of, of the field. But, man, he looks so comfortable out there. And the Raiders haven't had a dominant defensive back in a very long time. I would love to see him fill that void, and maybe a Darius Phillips slides into the slot. I don't know, but you know, talking to Nate in the locker room following, he just kind of looks like he's taken a whole nother step in a short time. I mean, it's only his second year in the league, but man, if he could become 
one of those guys, one of those dominant outside DBs, like a Richard Sherman who was a fifth-round pick. You know, Nate has that, that edge to him. He has that chip on the shoulder. Uh, that's what you need to be dominant in that corner position. I'm going to see. I'm interested to see how he continues to develop. I like what I'm seeing from him early on. Q with us, Raider Nation Radio in Ohio for the Hall of Fame game, thanks to Subaru of Las Vegas. So what do you got today? What's your schedule for the day? Oh, man, I'm telling you, I'm, one, I'm wearing this uh, this hotel that we're staying. I'm wearing them out, man. Like, I can't wait till this guy goes back to Las Vegas because he's, he's messing with us. Uh, the media room at, at the Hall of Fame is actually closed today. Understaffed. Imagine that, right? Imagine saying that something at the Hall of Fame is understaffed so you can't have a media room open. So right now, currently in my room, uh, Vinny Bonsignor is doing the morning tailgate on Raider Nation Radio 920. He's doing his show live from my hotel room. So I was doing interviews earlier, and I was in the dining area, and the lady had to come and tell me to quiet down a little bit. So now I'm outside doing this interview and uh, trying to be, you know, not to be super loud. But I didn't get back to the hotel room last night until about 2 in the morning, and I had a podcast I had to record. So I was up till 4.30 oh. recording podcasts oh. in my room, and you know how loud, you know, I'm going to be. So it's just. Oh yeah, they're they're they can't wait to send my uh, my backside back to Las Vegas to get out of here because uh, I'm wearing everybody out. <laughs> hey Q, before we let you go, I wanted to ask you one more thing, and I think they had a few in the end there, but one of the problems with the Raiders recently has been penalties. Uh, for the yeah. most part, they had like I had they had some late uh, pass interference. They're a little sloppy late, uh, but yeah. Uh, Cut down, no, no, I believe no turnovers, and I thought at least for the three quarters they played pretty clean. Um, you know, there's you know fumbles on the snaps, stuff like that. But for our first year, first preseason game, what did you think about that? Because usually you see a lot of flags on your side in terms of preseason. Right, exactly. I think that goes back to what Josh McDaniels has been telling us at, at in the media sessions at, at the training camp is that they're working on not beating themselves. You know, and those those silly penalties, false starts. You know, holding, jumping off sides, the stuff that you could prevent, really, uh, that they, they're working on that. And so I thought it was pretty clean. You know, they got into the red zone three times. Now, I know early on they had to settle for a couple field goals, but they didn't have any penalties. They didn't have, you know, those, those uh, back-breaking moments. They just, you know, failed to execute a couple times. But, yeah, that was something. It looked like they're a lot more disciplined team. Let's put it like that. Now, if they can continue to build on that, that'll be a good thing because there's way too many times the Raiders have been giving up, you know, 100 yards of penalty yards, and that's the length of a field. That's a touchdown right there. So yeah. they've got to they've got to eliminate that. So they they took a step last night. Raider Nation Radio in Ohio for the Hall of Fame game. Thanks to Subaru of Las Vegas. Q, thank you so much for joining us. Don't get kicked out of your hotel room too soon. Safe travels, Q. <laughs> yeah, I will. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to stay uh, stay out of trouble. That's what I do. So there Thanks, is buddy. Q live from Ohio for the Hall of Fame. Uh, game Hall of Fame weekend. All right, oh, we, we should have asked a... him about uh, chicken wings. Oh uh, yeah, did he get any of the chicken wings Mark Davis had? Yeah. All right, we got tickets to give away. Two tickets to Seven O Brew Oktoberfest, four day festival starting September 29th, running through October 2nd at the Orleans. Uh, we got two tickets for you. Seven O Brew Oktoberfest. Seven O two three six four eleven hundred is the phone number. Be caller number eight at seven O two. 364-1100. You'll win a pair of tickets to 7-0 Brew Oktoberfest. All right, Jared. This is your segment. This is Jared's Dumb Questions. What? Jared's Dumb Questions. What? Jared's Dumb Questions. We're doomed! It's times like this I wish I were a religious man. It's all over, people. We don't have a prayer. Ah! I regret doing this every time I do it, but yet for some reason, I keep allowing it to happen. Let's see. 
It was the best of times. It was the blurst of times. You stupid monkey. <laughs> you shut up. I, I love Justice. I think he does a great job. Well, I thought that I could start to sing. I've done all the What a nightmare. All right, what do you got for us, Jared? Well, first of all, shout out to Steven in Australia for the imaging. Um, and also, congratulations to Todd. He's going to 7-0 Brew. Steven made that? Yeah. Wow. Look at that. You're outsourcing to Australia now? No, I'm just going to, like, if, if any of our listeners, it's like the guy who used to be our poet laureate. If you send me stuff and I deem it interesting enough to play on the air, we're playing it. <laughs> wow. Good job, Steven. All right. Best um, imaging on the show. I don't know about that. I mean, some of the stuff Clay did back in the day is still being used. <laughs> All right. So the first thing I'm going to ask you, and this may get weirdly like, okay. I basically think I hurt my shoulder walking my dog. I okay. think I may because, all right, so we got this rescue dog. He's like a 140-pound Weimariner. He is not leash trained at all. So basically, this dog is constantly choking itself out. While if you take it on a walk, it will pull until that it will start going. (gasps) But he also needs to mark his territory everywhere. So he'll go from pulling as hard as he possibly can to dead stop to pulling as hard as he can. And he did it the other week. And I'm like, I felt something in my shoulder. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure this dog. Just wrecked my rotator cuff. So my question is to to you guys is like, what is the like <coughs> way you have been injured or injured yourself that has made you go, well, this is just embarrassing. Oh, go ahead, Tyler. I got to think about it. Well, okay, it's I have a story similar to you with the whole dog pulling thing. It's not about me getting injured, but. Uh, when I was younger, we had a Labradoodle that probably, what'd she weigh? Maybe 90 pounds, maybe hundred pounds. And my mother and sister, younger sister were walking her and they took her to like a park near a reservoir. And this dog loved ducks and geese. Anytime she saw one, she would take off sprinting after them. And for some reason, my younger sister was the one walking this dog and there were some birds dog took off and my sister did not let go and she got drugged through the mud and the sand and was i mean she was gross covered in mud just on the front side though because she didn't fall over on the back just the front side covered in mud because for some reason she did not let go of the dog while it was dragging her along this reservoir beach that's a good one yeah so, Jared, you might get drug along the asphalt at some point. Uh, just be ready for that. I mean, I, I, I'm strong enough to, like, hold the dog. It's more of the, oh, got to pee. Oh, God. <laughs> um, all right. I'm trying to think. Does this count, like, getting out of bed and pulling something? <laughs> I think that might just be an age thing. Like, I have, I have partial numbness in two of my fingers that I've had for, like, six months. And I went to the doctor, and the doctor was just like, yeah. That that's it now happens. that's now it a happens. thing you live with. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, good. Um, My thirties are terrible. Does trying to lift too much at the gym and looking like a fool count? Probably because you can't do it. Yeah. 
did you, wait, did you actually hurt yourself or did you just look like an idiot? Both. Oh. <laughs> did, 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 <laughs> Someone had to run did over. It, yeah, yes. okay. It, will call me and literally go, I, uh, like, the, all of a sudden they'll just be asking me about, like, something that's going on in my private life. And then all of a sudden I'll hear, welcome to Starbucks. <laughs> and I'm just like, how long have you been in line? Does the barista now know about, like, a family member passing away? <laughs> yep, they do. Absolutely. Uh, depends on who you're talking to. There's only a few people that I would probably actually answer the phone if I'm in a drive through line with. No, they're calling me and then going to a drive through Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I wouldn't do that. No, you... I would not call somebody while in a drive through line or at any point oh, no. right before I get in a drive through line. Do you line. guys fake talking? On my phone? Yes. Like... What do you like, mean? like Adam goes through a, a famous coffee shop, and the the person who are taking the orders are, is on the outside uh, at this famous coffee shop, and Adam doesn't want to talk because they're like the nicest people in the world at this shop. And uh, you know which one, and they're nice yeah. people. So Adam takes the phone and says, "Oh, hold on a second and he's talking to uh, nobody. I man. always think that's funny because that I want more than anything for the phone to ring at that point. That is phenomenal. Yes, and he does the fake talking so he, he can is... just give the order. So afraid of some small talk from some random yes. uh, barista yes. that he doesn't that he fakes a phone. Oh man! And he does it every time, and he because he goes there every day, <laughs> and they're outside taking the orders, and he does it every time. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry, sir. Yeah, just give me this. He goes there every day. Yeah, he goes there a lot, my friend. He could be best friends Three, with these people. I know. <laughs>